Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Alright everybody, welcome to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold and I am joined by my friend and co-host John Wade, the Garnet Texan, and my friend and co-host Jordan, a.k.a. Texans underscore thoughts, the film don't lie, the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan, Texans thoughts. How are you guys this week? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just Just powering through. Good old quarantine, you know. At least we, at least we got something to do with, with all the film that I watch. At least I got something to do. It, it passes the time for sure. What quarantine? Isn't it over? You know, you go outside. I, I sure. swear. <laughs> I Absolutely. Like it's over. I guess yeah. so. I guess it's just from Canada and Texas. Yeah, people are still taking it pretty seriously. I guess like even our like lax rules here are still like. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but like You're it's still a little bit more strict than y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. But I no joke had a um, had a customer the other day curse me out because he was tired of people using um, COVID as an excuse to cancel things. Jesus, people just people just want to get the disease. People just want to get sick at this point. Like I don't I don't understand it. I don't They're understand. It. Like they do. I feel like people. I I I find it funny the people that are like, hey, uh, uh, you got to get it to uh, to be able to not get it again. It's like, no, I'd like to take my chances on not getting it first and hope that I can't, instead of risking my life and just saying, all right, well, we're all gonna get it. Let's all go to freaking the pool and hang out and do shots and whatever and party. Nuts, nuts. That's seems like- just. I've seen just some crazy videos of like the real fanatics out there, like the don't wear a mask fanatics, and like it's just it's insane to me. It's literally insane to me. I agree. It it's not insane. asking very much of you. It's nuts. It's <sighs> nuts. All right. Uh, so you guys know where to find us. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Houston FB Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Young Ari Gold. I am on Twitter again, but we'll see how I stick to it. Uh, you can follow Jordan at Texans underscore Thoughts. And you can follow Patrick at the Patrick Storm. Uh, make sure you guys take a second to follow us. You can follow us on um, all your favorite podcast platforms as well. Make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered to uh, check out our different tiers that we have for our supporters. Really appreciate all the support. Make sure you guys go to TexansUnfiltered.com to see all of the latest articles that Jordan is, is uh, writing currently. Also go to the merch tab. Uh, we have our hats up there. They're really cool. Um, a lot different than if you're looking for different types of Texans apparel to wear, uh, we definitely gave you guys something different that, uh, that works kind of with everything. So, um, yeah. All right. So that's Twitter. That's all the cool stuff. Uh, announcements. Um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out a way to plan a opening game, uh, not ceremony, but, uh, opening game uh, event. I don't really know what it's going to look like yet as obviously with everything with COVID, um, I need to uh, reach out to Kobo's Q. Uh, he doesn't know that I'm doing that, so in case he's in the stream or watches the stream, he will now know that I will be reaching out to him to plan the event. Um, and we'll probably do like a bunch of social distancing and things like that. Uh, merch, we're working on shirts. It's uh, hard to find graphic designers that actually um, uh, they, they, they talk to you on a regular basis and 
and communicate. So we're trying. Stay on schedule. Uh, uh, we love we love our guys, but you know what? Just you know, let us know what's going on. That's it. I just need I just need a I just need a freaking um just a just hey we're working on it, but it's going to be a little bit of time. That's all I need. I, I'm assuming you haven't gotten anything back yet from your guy since that last time. That's unfortunate. That's like, well, I got an apology. Um, oh, I think I told you that his graphics card crashed. No. Oh yeah, yeah. He he texted me back. His graphics card crashed, and I got an apology. So I did get an apology. So you know that's some communication. And I was like, well, any time frame now. Like I don't, I don't need. We aren't on a strict time frame. We would just, you know, kind of like to have one. Um, he hasn't responded. Ah, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, all right. So lots to get into. Lots of things happening in the football world right now. Um, I don't really know where you guys want to start. Uh, I, I, I shot out a tweet late yesterday evening, and it, it seems to be a tweet that is doing extremely well, and I, I honestly did not expect it to garner any traffic, to be honest with you. I thought it was just going to be a, this guy's an idiot thing. Um, but uh, I tweeted out that I thought that Deshaun would be uh, a better quarterback by the end of his career uh, compared to Patrick Mahomes, and I thought that we could really have a conversation about what that looks like and why. Um, Are we going to jump to that? Or we're going to just jump right over Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. I mean, oh, yeah, Antonio Brown. I mean, jump over we kind of talked about it last week. I mean, or, or him jumping over a punter. We didn't really talk about it much last week. Oh, I kept saying his name a lot. Jules was in the comments saying, "No, don't do it." Jordan was even on the pod. Like, I just don't know if his head's straight. Like, there, there is a, there was quite a bit of conversation around Antonio Brown. But uh, since there that was, time, there has been, uh, right. there have been conversations between to it instead of, yeah, um, like a little bit that was talked about. Yeah, so there is a, there has been a conversation between uh, the Texans front office organization and. Um, and Antonio Brown, uh, then it picked up storm or picked up storm. Huh, good play on words. Um, with uh, with uh, and who was it that tweeted it? Was it uh, Ocho Cinco, right? Quote tweeted saying Texans would be dope, and then Deshaun quote tweeted it with the the only dope Drake emo- uh, meme that really ever really matters with him just sitting in the sitting in the tuck with the windows down looking out. I think that's always like the best meme. You can use that for almost everything. Um, and since then, it's just died completely. Um, I do know for a fact that they have had conversations. Um, I do know for a fact that Will Fuller is included in uh, trade packages for um, for Jamal Adams. Uh, there's nothing concrete yet. Um, as you guys know, Jordan tweeted it out last week. Um, so I, there, there's a lot of moving pieces. I, I still think that there's one piece that has to happen before Antonio Brown is even considered, and that's, that's if Will Fuller or Will Fuller and Kenny Stills are included in the Jamal Adams trade for Antonio Brown to make sense. Uh, I don't see Antonio Brown being added to the team with Will Fuller and Kenny Stills still on the roster, as there's just not enough balls to go around. It's kind yeah, of that was pretty much the point that I wanted to hit on. I do think all the rumors are legitimate. Um, I think there's something there, but it's all contingent. If the Texans are able to put together a deal with the Jets, and you know we have to give up one of our receivers, then... There's enough there and enough interest of Antonio Brown. And Deshaun Watson apparently came back and just told Bill O'Brien how much he loved throwing to Brown. And, I mean, that counts for something. Even if we bring in... <laughs> They're just chiming in on the comments to let us know that we, we talked yeah. about him quite a bit last week. But go ahead. 
Um, now I've completely lost my train of thought because I wasn't necessarily talking about the fit of Antonio Brown. I was talking about the mechanics to make it happen. Um, just, you know, having a trade in place, make it to make the trade act or to make the pickup of Antonio Brown actually worthwhile. And part of that, though, was what would you rather have? And I, we had a poll up over the weekend. It's like, would you count on Will Fuller for 16 healthy games or would you rather count on Antonio Brown staying out of trouble for 16 games? Go ahead, Jordan. That's tough. That's real tough. Um, I guess to answer that question, I think if just by a pure, like what we've seen over their careers, we've seen that Antonio Brown can at least play 16 games more often than Will Fuller has. And I mean, I feel like people don't just... like that's a low blow. It's yeah, I mean it's kind of rough, but I feel like people a lot of the time they don't just miraculously get rid of their soft tissue injuries. If Will Fuller was having random ACL, random Achilles every year, breaking his wrist, whatever, something random like that, that would be a completely different story. Then I'd for sure bet on Will Fuller. But it's different, and I don't know. I'm obviously I'm hoping that he can get to a point where his body can sustain a full season but it's just it's not something you can bet on so I would honestly rather bet on AB because I, I don't know I believe that people can change I believe people deserve second chances um, and yeah I so just to be clear because I was reading something we're talking about Will Fuller over Antonio Brown correct essentially that was the uh, a lot of the feedback that I saw it's like would you really want to give up Will Fuller for Antonio Brown no I wouldn't um, I wouldn't I, I'd rather I'd rather go one more year and just see what we can get with Will Fuller I, I I don't know I know what I get from Antonio Brown on the field but I have no idea what I'm going to get from him off the field to know whether he'll even be here for 16 games uh, and and for me that's probably the biggest concern I, AB is a better wide receiver than Will Fuller I don't think that's debatable. Um, but I think uh, with this offense and when we look at what what's kind of what they're trying to accomplish with the roster and the way that it's being constructed right now, um, I would rather have a risk on Fuller because you made the move with Cooks. You have Stills, you have Cobb. So, you know, if Fuller's down, your offense shouldn't stumble. Uh, they should still be able to, you know, be a high-octane offense. And with Antonio Brown, it's a, it's a thing that you really just – I don't know. I just don't know. I don't. I don't know if his head is really on. We thought his head was on when he went to the Patriots. Then since then he's flipped out and thrown dildos at his baby moms and you know all these other things. Like there's just too much to worry about with Antonio Brown. And uh, I'd rather I'd rather have Will Fuller. Well, that was essentially the point. It's like which one could you trust to get? More games out of. Oh, you can trust. Uh, I think you can trust Will Fuller. I mean, you at least get typically anywhere from seven to nine. Uh, I don't know if you'll get seven to nine out of Antonio Brown. Fair uh, enough. I well with Antonio Brown, I think that that's mental. So with him, it's you know the right therapist and the right drug cocktail can probably you know fix most of what's going on with him. Some of it, I believe, was him even acting out to um, to get out of a situation he didn't want to be in. However, you know, honestly, I 
where I come down on it is I think that I would trust Antonio Brown to be around for more games than Will Fuller because Antonio Brown, if he gets suspended, he'll be the first half of the season and he'll be there at the end of the season. Whereas mm-hmm. when Will Fuller gets hurt, he's usually there for the first half of the season and get hurt towards the end. Yeah, the problem, though, is that you just don't know if uh, what he does, if he will be there at the end of the season. I mean, this is this guy is a complete basket case at times. I mean, he could punch a woman, and he's gone for the entire year. I thought he's already been found that he didn't. No, I'm saying he could do it again is what I'm saying. But I thought it was that he, he didn't that has already come out. No, no, no. I'm saying he could do it again, though. <laughs> like, he just, we just don't know what this dude is going to do. He could be slinging kilos of coke. And we would have no idea. And then, you know, like just like with Baker, like if we're gonna find, we're like we're gonna find a dead hooker in Baker's trunk. Like we know for a fact that's gonna happen at some point. We don't know when, but it's gonna happen at some point in his career. We don't know what Antonio Brown's gonna be really doing. I'd rather take Will Fuller. That's just me though. Yeah, well, AB you can get him dirt dirt cheap. Um, Ryan Brockenridge actually just said that um, you can get him dirt cheap. And then you have a trade piece to hopefully move for Jamal Adams. Because if you can somehow make Jamal Adams and Antonio Brown Texans, like that instantly puts us up another level when they play. Granted, keyword there is when they play. Yeah. That was my thinking, too. Yeah, go, Jordan. Sorry, just really quickly, really quickly, and then we'll move on. But that was my thinking, too, is basically it's – it's not that AB is our like big plan. It's Jamal Adams is our big plan, and then AB is just like the backup kind of like, okay, we lost Fuller, we lost those whoever it is, then we have to go sign someone to replace them. It's not like we're going out of our way to go get AB. That's how I see it at least. Hey guys, Young Ari Gold here. Make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. The Texans Unfiltered team has worked really hard to revamp the Patreon page to make sure that we give you guys exclusive access to the podcast and the YouTube stream. We recently did five new tiers to fit everybody's budget. If you're looking to get a little bit more out of Texans Unfiltered, want to get weekly content, want to have uh, exclusive access to our our merchandise as we drop it, want to have a monthly podcast that is curated by you and given specifically to you, there's multiple options to fit everybody's needs. As you guys know, four years ago, this started as a hobby and a passion. And over the last four years, it's really grown into something more. We have such great listeners and such loyal supporters. Now we're asking for a little bit more. As we push to make this a full-time job, we're going to need some help from our listeners to give you guys the best coverage of the Houston Texans. I was recently given press credentials for the 2021 NFL season, and we'll be covering the team in training camp and also on game day. I'll be the one at the podium asking the questions. That'll give you guys access to let me know what questions you want asked. There's so many different things that we can do through Patreon, and we really want to make this a full-time job. This passion and hobby has really turned into a dream. And for that dream to be executed and reached, we're going to need some help from you guys to get there. So make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Every little bit helps. And we will make sure that you guys get everything that we promised on the Patreon. All right, so it looks like people really want to understand the, the, the Mahomes and Deshaun Watson thing. And I'm glad you're here, Jordan, because um, you I don't know if there's – two people that follow the team and report on the team that have watched as much Deshaun Watson film as you and I have. I mean, we have a folder of every single throw, all 22, both angles, 
of every single throw to a receiver or tight end or running back outside of DeAndre Hopkins. So I want to ask you this question before I get into why, but do you believe that Deshaun Watson will finish his career better than Patrick Mahomes? I think that's a very hard answer question to answer simply because of how much of it relies on his situation. We've seen that Pat is already in such an amazing situation, and we don't know if, if Watson will ever get into a situation like Mahomes. He's starting to have the personnel around him, but at the end of the day, it's the play calling that's really, like Andy Reid has done an amazing job getting Mahomes to that next level, and we don't know for sure, for a certainty, that Bill O'Brien's going to get to that level or the next Houston Texans coach is ever going to get to that level. So that's why it's hard for me. But based off of a pure talent standpoint, I think hands down for sure. It's easy to say that Watson can can put up ridiculous numbers, be Hall of Fame quarterback, MVP numerous times, win Finals MVP, whatever. Um, because if you think, if you look at the pure like talent and the resume that Deshaun Watson has, it's unrivaled. From college, from now, the numbers that he puts up with the shitty situation that he's been in his first few years, and now it's getting better finally. I mean, it's crazy to see. And, and like you said, we have watched a ridiculous amount of film. I've gone back. I've watched every single game of rookie season, sophomore season. Now I'm going to rewatch his last season as well. And he's a talented, talented dude. And when he gets the right amount of help around him, like any other quarterback, he's going to ball out ridiculous, like ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Uh, John, why don't you chime in here? And because this one's going to be a tough one for you, because I know you believe you've, you've been on the Patrick Mahomes train since before you even wanted us to, like, tear up the team and sell it because we drafted Deshaun instead. Um, so... <laughs> Slight exaggeration. I wish we, we could have uh, added a drop. Well, I should have added a drop of that. Yeah, and, I, and I'll stand by this. Mahomes has a once-in-a-generation arm. There is things he can do with football that there is no other human being on Earth that can do. And he's been... Granted, that's the argument. Is Bill O'Brien... Where's Bill O'Brien and Andy Reid on on the coaching scale? Obviously, right now it looks like Andy Reid is a much much better coach than Bill O'Brien. But is that true? Like honestly, is that we true? don't know yet. Uh, we don't, and that's kind of the the problem about picking apart situation by situation. Are we sure that Mahomes is in a better situation? Are we absolutely one hundred percent sure that Mahomes is in a better situation than Watson? Um, and I don't think we can say that 100%. When you look at the talent that was on the Chiefs versus the talent that was on the Texans when at peak, um, that just kind of depends entirely where you come down on. It really comes down to how you feel about Bill O'Brien versus Andy Reid to say which one's situation is better. Um, I would argue that Watson had the better receiver in Hop than even Tyree Kill. You, Damian Williams really wasn't that great of a, a running back. Um, the Chiefs were able to scheme around him, um, but you could possibly say the same thing about Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde was washed out of the league, and Bill O'Brien schemed 1,000 yards for him. The Chiefs, two years ago, didn't have a comparable defense that, that we did, supposedly, when everybody was healthy, when we, saw, um, when we had Clowney, we had Watt, we had Merciless. Like, our defense was supposed to be so much better on both of their second years. And Mahomes just came out there and, and lit the world on fire. Now, this isn't to say anything bad about, about Watson. Um, and I hate that we get into these arguments that it's like you have to 
just because one is to praise one shouldn't be putting down the other. Now, Mahomes has a head start, and he already has his championship. He has unreal physical gifts. I think that Watson has more of the assassin mindset um, or the Mamba mentality. But at the end of the day, it's going to be measured on how many Super Bowls are won. I think mentality-wise, yeah, Watson should hopefully win more. I mean, because if he's going to win them, he's going to win them as a Texan. However, Pat's already got his, and he has the physical ability that no one else has. So it's – so, yeah, I mean, right now, Pat ha, Pat Mahomes has the head start. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, people were like, oh, oh, my God. He said, uh, we don't know that. Well, because Andy Reid has been coaching for 20 years, okay? 20 years. Bill O'Brien has been coaching for six, six, six years, okay? Anything can happen. And at the end of the day, a good head coach is known for their Super Bowl rings. If Bill O'Brien plays coaches for another 14 years and wins two more Super Bowls and Andy Reid only has one, at the end of the day, people are going to say Bill O'Brien is better than Andy Reid. It doesn't matter. Now, Andy Reid is a great play caller. He's a great, great schematically. He gets the most out of his talent. Um, he also has a great front office organization that has supported Patrick Mahomes since he entered the league. They have supported and put talent all around Patrick Mahomes in every level. Now they're doing it on defense. Not that their defense was great, but now they're investing in the defense to make the defense better. They're doing it right. Um, I just I, I don't like to deal in absolutes when it comes to, well, we know for a fact he will be. I, you know, I don't know that. History tells us that there's a good chance, based on what we've seen from Bill O'Brien, Andy Reid will, will be a better head coach than Bill O'Brien. But I just, I'm not one of those people that's going to be like, oh, yeah, hands down. I think that Deshaun as a quarterback is, oh, no, let me not exaggerate. He is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes from a mechanic standpoint, from a understanding of the game standpoint. What people get caught up with, with Patrick Mahomes is he makes no-look passes. He makes highlight real plays. Uh, a lot of his stuff is out of the pocket. You know, it's not not a lot of it's standing in the pocket. And if it is, it's usually Tyreek Hill streaking down on a go route, and he's wide open because he blew past everybody. Um, I, I think Deshaun, given what I've seen from development from year one to year two to year three, and now as we're entering year four, I think that Deshaun is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be a very similar conversation to what they had with Peyton right. Manning. And I'm, and, and, I'm, uh, and, I'm in, and I'm in agreement on that. Um, that from a, from a mental standpoint, I think Deshaun's better. This is understanding the game. This is from just having the mentality, that killer mentality. Now, the thing is, though, is Pat Mahomes is just a freak athlete. A freak athlete. He he can continue to get away with stuff that he got away in college in the NFL, like those scrambles. Well, for how long, John? Backyard. How long is he going to be able to use that athletic paralysis? Well, right now he's already got a Super okay. Bowl. I mean, hopefully. I mean, hopefully not too much longer because I'd rather Deshaun come in and win. Um, but right now, I'm saying that he has that head start because, I, as I described Mahomes when he was first drafted, somebody's going to catch lightning in a bottle with him because he has just those sort of physical gifts. It's the same with Brett Favre. It didn't really matter what the scheme was. He can break the scheme and still make completions. 
He doesn't even need to understand the scheme. He just needs to throw the ball harder, faster, and more accurate than anybody else can even comprehend. So that's the advantage Mahomes has. If he catches up to Watson, he has that head start. Watson will never be able to catch up to Mahomes athletically. And this isn't to say that Watson's a slouch athletically. Like, he can make some amazing throws, but he just can't make... Watson can go out there and throw eight and nines, where Mahomes can, no joke, throw tens and elevens because you have to remake I wasn't debating with you, John. I was making my points as far as what I thought. Um, So, and unfortunately, Jules beat me to it. But this is exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be the Brady-Manning comparison. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't that, so. like, that's what that's what's going to happen. It's going to be Brady has the rings. He had the he had the organization. He had the front office infrastructure. He had the talent. He had the defenses. He had the running back. He had everything that he needed. He had the head coach. It just worked out. Uh, when I tweeted out the tweet, it was Patrick Mahomes walked into a perfect situation. Deshaun Watson walked into a situation. And that's literally that. That's the most truest form to really relay the, this conversation that we're having. I don't care what this guy says about you know he's better. You can't tell me that. We're talking about three years. You can't tell me he's better. You just can't. That's not the way the league works. That's not the way sports works. It's overall by the end of his career. I believe Deshaun Watson will be a better quarterback. Will be known as a better quarterback. I don't know if he'll have more rings. I don't know if he's going to have the success that Pat Mahomes has, but if anybody knows anything about sports, it's all about where you land and the situation and scenario you're in. And I think watching Deshaun develop in the level that he has with, you know, me and Jordan were just talking the other day about his ability to be able to pick up blitzes and read them and understand them and make the adjustments necessary. Now, me and Jordan haven't talked since then, and I know he's watched 2019 films since then. Jordan, since then, have you seen a difference from year one and two to year three? I've seen a little bit of a difference in one game in particular. Um, The Chargers game this past year was his best game that I've watched so far of handling it. I saw him really – he just took advantage of it. Honestly, he beat it with with going to Duke Johnson. He ID'd the blitz very well, figuring out which side to go to, slid the protection, all that. Um, But, yeah, like you said, like he's a worker. That's the one thing I can bet on with Deshaun Watson is his work ethic. Yeah, Pat Mahomes may be an, a really, an elite athlete who's like looks like he's made in the lab and makes ridiculous highlight throws that you do on Madden. But I want the guy who's working night and day and who has that clutch gene, and that at the end of the day I think is going to win out over your natural athletic gifts. Um, and so I think just to kind of go back on your point of saying that like who's going to have the better career, I think what most people are thinking right now is like who's better at the moment like who's the better coach at the Correct. moment and that stuff. And in the moment, yeah, I don't think most people would disagree that saying, as of right now, Andy Reid is definitely a better coach than Bill O'Brien. His resume says it, whatever. But he's also, like you said, he's been in the league for way longer. And as much as players can improve, coaches can improve too. Bill O'Brien, honestly, over the years, I'm, I'm, not, the big, I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan whatsoever, but over the years, he's gotten marginally better. And so another 10, 15 years down the road where he has the same tenure as Andy Reid, you never know. He can still get better. So I think that's where we're looking at it, and that's where the people in the chat are kind of looking at it from a well, different Well, and I also way. think this. This is the same quarterback that we're talking about that was up 24 nothing. If, if that defense did not let down Deshaun Watson, would you even be having this conversation about Patrick Mahomes? 
most likely not. But shit happens. You got to move on. Things break a certain way in sports, and that's just the way it is. And that's what broke that way. So, I don't know. I just think that the narrative gets written by certain pieces. So people will take this piece and this piece and this piece, and then they'll put it together and they'll form a narrative. But when we're talking about the body of work and a career, I think Deshaun Watson will be a better quarterback. Uh, we've got a question about Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is out of the league within the next five to six years. That's just me. Um, I just don't think that his style of play and his – his ability, his inability to be able to throw. I, he can't throw. He's not a competent thrower. And in this league, if you are not a competent thrower, we've seen it. We've seen it with Kaepernick. We've seen it with, with a bunch of people. Um, not only that, Pat got to sit behind Alex Smith and learn the offense and understand the NFL and had a entire year to learn. Deshaun, well, the plan... Maybe it was for a whole year. Who knows? We lasted a half. Uh, and then uh, Deshaun Watson was thrown into the fire to get destroyed and tear his, his uh, ACL and then get sacked 54 times that following year, whatever the crazy number was, 62. Um, and so all, all I'm saying is, is I think that Deshaun Watson as a quarterback from a mechanics perspective, and maybe it's because I've talked to Jordan Palmer and Quincy Avery, and maybe I'm biased in that sense, but I think – from a work perspective like Jordan talked about, I know Deshaun is going to work on his game. Athletic players, we've seen it in all sports, tend to always rely on their athletic ability. Once that goes away, that's when you start to see a decline. And Yeah, and a point in your discussion is Pat Mahomes did get sit, to get did get the opportunity to sit behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith is probably I wasn't going to say I won't be that extreme, but Alex Smith was able to to play quarterback to make up for his limited athletic in a way that made up for his limited athleticism. Even though he was still, I mean, don't forget he was a number one draft pick. Like he was a very athletic quarterback, but he did have to learn how to read defenses a lot sooner because of his ability to throw the ball. Whereas Pat Mahomes didn't have that weakness and doesn't have that weakness. And if you still look at the tape on Mahomes, he still struggles with pre-snap reads all that time sitting. And he still hasn't improved in that one area that he really should have improved. So, yeah, I'm just saying that if he does ever improve in that area, he's already got the head start because of his athleticism, because of his situation. Now, I'm, not, I'm this is, I almost hate having this conversation because I don't want to root against Watson. There's every other quarterback in the league, the only one that I would hesitate um, taking before Watson is Mahomes. I would rather have Watson, no hesitation, over every other quarterback in the league. Mahomes, that's where it's kind of like, I'm not sure. And you can even see see it in their draft position. I know teams all screwed up. Like, Mahomes and Watson should have gone 1-2 in the draft. Like, there's no doubt about that. But the Chiefs and Andy Reid did take Mahomes before they took Wat- or before the Texans took Watson. Um, somebody made that point. They both fell to the teams that they should have, and I agree with that. Like, Bill O'Brien would not – I don't think Mahomes would have the same career with Bill O'Brien. I think that you needed somebody like Watson that can come in and really digest the offense that Bill O'Brien's trying to do. Um, I think that there's a reason why there hasn't been a lot of rookies that have success in that Patriots-style offense is because of the complexity of it. But – Mahomes, it's kind of like Cam Newton when he was at his peak. Like, he's so good 
physically that it outweighs football knowledge. Like you have to have football knowledge to make up for skill. But when you have so much skill, you can still elevate above everybody else's. And where is Cam Newton at the age of 31 and what contract did he just sign? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. And that is a very fair point. And I agree with that. I'm just saying that Mahomes has the head start on that argument right now. Now, if he relies on his athleticism, he's going to be potentially like Cam. He's going to end up taking too many hits. All those backyard plays, he takes hits on them. Granted, at the same time, if we're not careful of Watson, uh, his style of play leads to him taking a lot of hits as well. Uh, real quick, this is a point that I think, and, and Jules always adding just great points, this offense is pretty much almost identical to what he ran at Texas Tech. So, um, I, I just point. Yeah, I was going to say, Good. sorry, real quick, but when, when I was watching his film um, when he's coming out, Texas Tech, it's literally, it's almost backyard football. It's literally, it's it could not be easier. You could not be put in an easier situation. Just spread offense, West Coast schemes like it's and then that's exactly what Andy Reid has been building his entire career and so it's literally it's there was barely any change for for Mahomes to have to go to from the NFL to from the college NFL and then like you said being able to sit and let me tell you that Watson's offense at Clemson versus the Bill O'Brien system New England system whatever it's not even it's not even it's a different language it's a completely different language so that learning curve that he didn't get an extra year to sit like we've been talking about it's you have to factor that in and I think just talking about the whole athleticism point, the elite athletes, like, yeah, they have the higher ceiling, but I would say that they're more like boom or bust. Like we've been saying, if you rely on that, you you bust. If you do have the work ethic that Deshaun Watson has, then you can boom for sure. And I think if you still have that natural talent, you have that work ethic like, like Watson, then that's going to be like a safer route, but you can still get to that ceiling. Maybe it's not a 10, 11, whatever, but you can still get to like 9.5. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? No, I agree. And and to be honest, the biggest thing that people aren't talking about enough and why Deshaun will be better than Patrick Mahomes is because he doesn't put, oh, damn it, Cody beat me to the punch. God, Cody's always stealing stuff. We need to block him like we did Preston that one time. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Patrick putting freaking ketchup on his steak is just disgusting. I told my wife that, and she was just like, are you serious? Is that a real thing? I was like, yeah, dude, that's that's a real thing. It's... Really disgusting. But quick question, and this can just be a yes or no, and then we'll move on. And I'll start with you, John. Do the Kansas City Chiefs have the same success they've had the last three years if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. Okay. Jordan, same question. Do the Kansas City Chiefs have the exact same um, you know, results that they've had with Deshaun Watson at quarterback? Yes, if not better. Now, well, would Patrick Mahomes have the same exact success that he's had in Kansas City in Houston? Yes. Uh, no. If he was, if he got to sit a year, possibly. If he was thrown in like Deshaun was, no, hell no. There's no way. He just, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Yeah, he's not from a, how. I'd like to know how. How would he have? Because you're the only person I've ever seen say yes to this question. Everybody else says no. Well, it depends on receiver health, but yeah. Depending on what? It does does rely considerably on receiver health because we were in such a bad situation. But did Deshaun have receiver health? Did Deshaun have a healthy wide receiving core? 
He oh. did not. So how would he how would how, how would Mahomes have uh, favored in those right. situations? No, Mahomes in Houston would have been fine. That's not what I'm asking. Would he have been able to replicate what Deshaun did his rookie year? Yes. Mm. There's no way. I don't think he. Would, I, I, I don't I think he'd be breaking records. That. I'm sorry. This is the right answer. Maybe it's probably the only one that would have been right in that that scenario. But I mean, Alex Smith literally was. I mean, almost doing the exact same thing that Pat Mahomes was doing the year prior. I mean, almost identical, besides the stats. But took him far. Um, anyways, all right. And so, and the Texans were still, you know, winning the AFC South and having first round exits. I mean, with Brock Osweiler, we almost beat the Patriots in the playoffs. But why did we almost beat the Patriots in the playoffs? Hey, I'm just saying, maybe it's ends or buts. It's not like the Texans were some horrible team that Deshaun came in. On the defensive side, it was was amazing. On the offensive side, it couldn't have been worse. (laughs) Like, apart from having Hopkins, oh, my God. I would have loved to see Pat Mahomes just running away from that O-line. Like, it would have been rough. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, that's a great segue there. Um, DeAndre tweeted out, I have, uh, there are 24 reasons why Patrick Mahomes deserves this contract. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to be too petty here. But I'm going to be honest, DeAndre Hopkins is just wearing me out. I mean, completely wearing me out. I mean, this, this is... This is exactly what I thought DeAndre was a couple days after the trade based on some of the things I was told with him after Kansas City throwing a fit in the locker room, standing on a table, screaming that he wants to be traded. And then now we're seeing all these little slugs. He's taking slugs at you know Deshaun. He's taking tons of shots at the organization. Now you know he uses Pat Mahomes' contract as a reason to talk about the 24-0 and uh, comeback. I don't. I just. I just don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it. So for those that kind of, it kind of went over your head, and like Cody, uh, twenty-four reasons is because we blew a twenty-four point lead to Patrick Mahomes, um, and that's where it came from. So I don't know. I, I just. I, I, I'm just tired of like seeing it. Like I get it. You're gone, and you're happy where you're at, and that's cool. Like you could be professional. Uh, but I just, I don't know, you're seeing more of a diva side from DeAndre than what we've seen in the past, and it's, it's just kind of annoying. I get that it's funny, but I don't know, that's just my thoughts. You know, they kept him, um, he behaved while he was in Houston. That, and, and, and the I media. That part of it is, and I think part of it is a little bit, he did everything that was asked of him, and he wanted more money, and now he feels slighted, because instead of giving him the more money, they traded him. Um, they pretty much told him no, and he had a legitimate argument for wanting more money. Like he, that's a legit. He had a legitimate argument, and he played the good soldier, and he wasn't rewarded. He was shipped out of town. Granted, part of it it was either take the either take the contract that we offer you, or take the contract that you signed, or get out. But he feels slighted, and he's acting out. Every receiver, every quality receiver, has to have that diva mentality it's part of what makes them great now he's got that mentality he behaved and he's been slighted and you know what i don't blame him for being petty i'm sure we've all had moments of that and he's still and he's still a kid i mean he's still what 20 
26? He's a father. He's like 29. Yeah. He's 29? not a kid. Is he really 29? All right. But still, I mean, I don't blame him for having an attitude. And what he said, I mean, he's not wrong. It hurts and it sucks. And I really wish he didn't, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think I think we all wish he didn't do it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, show, him showing that side of him is just another reason like to explain why we why we traded him. It's just the immaturity and the pettiness. Um, and Bill O'Brien, he won't stand for it. He wants the good culture, and and that's that. I mean, as long as as talented as you are, if he doesn't fit your vision, then then that's it. You're at the door. And I don't know. I guess it's just it's just fitting to me. Um, but it was kind of funny. I liked it. Uh, yes, well, he I mean, did. Team after team has shown that you don't need to have an elite receiver to win the Super Bowl. You, receivers that have that sort of attitude and have that sort of big headedness, they they don't win Super Bowls. You have to have a guy that can consistently swallow his pride. And, you know, maybe all of this just boils down to Hop just got tired of swallowing his pride all the time. Yeah, so just, I, I guess, um, I don't know if this has been shared. So, yeah, he did throw a fit after the KC game, uh, threw his helmet down on the ground, uh, was cussing, yelling at Bill O'Brien, and uh, stood up on a table talking about wanting to be traded. Now, to get to this point, though, he was tired of losing, and I saw here somewhere... Yes, here we go. Um, he is a he, he is a diva. I don't really care what anybody says, but he is tired of losing. And I think there's right ways to go about it and wrong ways to go about it. Um, I don't think that this is the right way to go about it. Um, if you're tired of losing, ask for a trade. Um, I, I don't think that there would have been an issue if you're unhappy. Um, I just don't think you have to go about it the route that he did, uh, in my opinion. Um, but that's just me. Uh I don't think anybody thinks that he's going about it the right way. I'm just saying that I can empathize. I can understand. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off too. <laughs> I at his age, uh, 27, 28. Hell, at this age, if I got treated, if I felt as slighted the way he did, I'm not sure I would act much more mature than he would. I would know better. I would like to admit or like to think that I would know better. Doesn't mean that I actually would. I mean, and then if we're if we're if we're rolling with the Patriots mindset, right? Uh, you don't need a star wide receiver to to be successful. Uh, they've shown it time and time and time again. And the one year that they had that stud, um, what'd they do? Yeah, you know, set records and then, you know, didn't didn't win at all. Uh, my boy Colebrook will tell you. Uh, he's a Pats fan. Uh, look at this. We have Swan. Wow, it's been a while, Swan. I thought you hated us. Glad glad you're here. Glad you're here. You make... Talking about Sean. She was making sure we were saying yeah, the right thing. Just keeping us in line. Make sure we don't go too negative. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't agree with that behavior too, but I can understand him. Uh, is he a winner though? I guess like he definitely has the mentality and the approach and the dog mentality. I agree. And and up until this point, I've, I've been a huge DeAndre fan. Uh, I just I don't get that. I, I just don't understand the 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 part that he, the way he's been acting. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. All right. Uh, so we got into why Deshaun is better than Mahomes by the end of the career. Let's talk about the potential of there not being a season. Um, not that I guess there's a potential of it not being a season. But, um, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, this is always a great one with Swan. Um, so there's lots of talks now. It uh, looks like the NFLPA is having an issue. J.C. Treader, uh, head of the PA, uh, put out a, uh, a very interesting, not article, but just kind of like a, a memo uh, for the players to read and for fans to read to have a better understanding of kind of what is going on, uh, what the conversations are behind closed doors, um, and how... 
the NFL still wants the, the players to play uh, two more pre or two preseason games, <clears throat> and they basically want to put their money in an escrow, thirty uh, percent. So they basically don't want to give them their their money that they would be making playing the game. They want to basically like, put it in a bank account, um, and it's not going over well for the, with the players. But that's the latest issue that people uh, that the players are having, and. Um, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts. I, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's not Texans, fully Texans related. But Jordan, I'll start with you. Do you think there will be a season? I think there will be a season. I don't think the season will last long, however. I think it'll be like the NBA. It'll go maybe midseason, maybe four, five, six games. But then as we're already seeing with NBA, with other leagues, even with college football, as soon as things start opening, everyone's getting COVID. Everyone. And it's just, there's nothing that we can do about it, putting that many people in a space, in a confined space together or on the field together where there's going to be contact, where people are breathing on each other, whatever. And so the owners, they're going to want their money. I get that, but it's not going to be able to happen for the good of the people and of the entire like football industry or whatever. Like it's just not going to happen. It's not, they're not going to be able to finish the season, unfortunately, as much as we all, and trust me, I, I want a season more than anyone. I'm so excited for this. I I want it, but it's just not going to be able to last, and that really really sucks. John, uh, Jordan's right. Unfortunately, I agree. I I it's going to take a lot for football to stop, but unfortunately, I think that the uh, the direction we're going and why we spend so much of our podcast talking about it each week is that's the direction we're going. Um, football is so keystone to everything American. Um, like that, the NFL is king. College football, college football is is right there up is right up there down here in the South as well. And they're going to do everything they can, um, regardless of the player safety, to make it happen. But I think at some point the players will be too concerned, and they're the ones that are going to stop. Um, they're not going to be able to play with fans. Preseason's already canceled. Um, as Texans fans, I kind of hope for a shorter season because then we have a better chance, you know? But, Do we? I mean, if we have a shorter season, then we start off with that schedule. I don't know if we have a better chance, to be honest with you. They would have to change the schedule. I don't think we would. I don't. I don't think that schedule is going to stick. Damn, NFL PA John here just should, pulling it out. Just they're going to have to change the schedule. It's going to have to be more favorable for the Texans. So we will take well, the Browns. Every, every, we'll take the Titans. Well, every other league has changed their schedule in response yeah. to COVID. Every other league. Southern's but every other change. league plays in, multiple games in a week. Right. That's fair. Um, they, should just, they should just run the playoffs back. Same seeding. Give us the Chiefs. Let's go. Let's go. I'm down for that. Oh, easy. Let's do it that well, way. So, to be honest, I don't think that they're I, – I think they'll start a season. I think uh, what's going to happen is, look, you can't control all these players and what they're doing. They're going to be traveling. Um, they're going to be out doing things and spending their money and having as much of a good time as they can within the limits. But at the end of the day, these players are going to be out in the public. They're going to get it. They're going to pass it on to people on the field. And something bad is going to just happen. It's just going to happen. Um, I don't want to like put out what I think is going to happen because it's awful. But something is going to happen, and I, you know maybe it'll be a player that dies from COVID, uh, right? They have an, uh, so much money, everybody thinks that they're untouchable. But 
it's going to take some. It's going to be something dramatic that or traumatic that's going to happen, and and I just don't see. I don't see a full season happening. I think that they'll start. I think they're going to they're going to put smoke screens out there. They're going to make it seem like everything is great. Uh, nothing's going to change. We're doing everything we can. You know, like they're doing already, basically. Uh, and the NFLPA is basically calling them out for it. And I just don't think they're going to be able to sweep this one under the rug. But if there is a league that can sweep anything under the rug. It is the NFL. And, um, damn, Amber Alerts. Um, not that I'm insensitive to kids being kidnapped, but um, not a, not the right time. <laughs> um, wow. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of nuts. And uh, I just don't know if you're going to be able to manage all that. There's just so much going on. Um, it, it's gonna it's just going to be a tough thing to, to manage. I, I just can't see... I can't see it happening for a full season. I'd love for it to because, God, there's nothing else going on. And, I mean, my Lakers winning a championship is great, but, like, I need more than that. I can't just have the Lakers win a championship. I need to see my Texans in the playoffs and, you know, stuff like that. So, Jordan, I'll go to you so that way I don't yeah. have to hear John say anything about the Rockets. Obviously, um, we definitely want the football season canceled because we spend an hour of our week minimum for the past four years talking about the Texans. Um, and I think we've missed, like, six weeks total over four years. Obviously, we want to be canceled. Obviously, we want to be Debbie Downers. I don't know what I would do. Not being able to watch films this next season. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I just don't know what you could but do. I, just, I mean, I would say in a rational country, there's no way that they'll continue with it, but we obviously aren't <laughs> rational. So at this point, who knows? Like, yeah, I was just going to say, to James' point of the players they're going to start acting out and start um, holding out possibly. Um, Randall Cobb tweeted earlier today, he said, there's more questions than answers regarding COVID protocols, player opt-out clauses, preseason, preseason requirements, financial implications, etc. And apparently like the NFL, they're having all these calls with the players association, with agent, whatever, and they're not giving them jack shit. They're just like leading them on, giving them false sense of security, false sense of hope, and just saying, like, you know what, you got to play for us or whatever. They're not telling them anything about the future. And how can you expect these players to, players like Randall Cobb, who are going to a completely different team, who have to move his family across the country when all this is going on and, and they don't know the certainty of, of anything in the future. So it's just, it's just crazy, and I do think the players are going are gonna to have enough at some point, and it'll be crazy. Jordan, any comment on this? <laughs> Oh my god! I've like it's the one thing, thing about the one thing about being a Lakers fan is that you have every twenty nine other fan bases coming for your neck because they're all jealous of how much better your team is than they are. Keep going, Jordan. And no. I can't deal with Twitter trolls. I literally hold up, hold up. <laughs> James always gets a pass on this, and why most Lakers fans are trash because he's actually from LA. That means something to him. Most Lakers fans are annoying as all shit because they didn't care. They're, they're going for the team that won. It's like Yankees fans. Lakers are the Yankees of the NBA. If you, I mean, that's why they're annoying. And I'm not saying you're annoying, but there's a lot of Lakers fans that are highly annoying, that have nothing to do. Their family didn't go for the Lakers. They just picked them up because they were winning. And that's actually the other way around. The Warriors are, are yeah are the new Lakers. It's easy to go for teams that win. It really is. And it's nice to have that balance. Because I sure as shit don't know what that's like. But it must be nice to have that balance between the Lakers and the Texans. 
but most Lakers fans bring this on upon themselves because they are very, very annoying. Because, <laughs> like James says, they always get to win. I'll agree with you. The the bandwagon Laker fans are extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. I, I can't imagine. But like um who was a footballer five oh three said the Warriors, I think that's like the real like bandwagon annoying ass people. Um there's definitely the Laker ones out there, but I don't know, at least like I can tell like James James and I like we're real legit Laker fans. You know, we've been through the good times, we've been through the bad times, and we're never gonna switch up. And so I can respect that out of any fan base, whatever, whatever. Jesus Christ, please don't <laughs> say the good times or the bad times of the Lakers. Like, what do you I, mean? No. We had plenty of bad awful. times. We haven't done shit for 10 years. Yeah, we were awful for like at least seven. Like awful. Awful, yeah. awful. We were unwatchable. Like it was awful. And we, and I don't know what James, but I at least still tried to watch every Same. single game when we were going 16 win seasons. Like, it was rough. Yeah. Anyways, you can't yeah, complain too much. Lakers fans, we get to mix with LeBron fans. Texas Trill just just nailed we, it. We, our that seven year stretch we had was the worst thing I've ever been through as a fan. I <laughs> I I I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm not. I'm not. We're I'm used to being contenders and in the runnings and being talked about. We weren't even talked about. We weren't on undisputed. We weren't on any of that stuff. Nobody cared to talk about the Lakers. I'm, I'm not saying it's a, a as a, a sob story. I'm just saying that like we have had some awful, awful things. Like, yeah. y'all got Kobe. Like, sure. I, I seriously you guys have admit, James Harden. You guys think he's better than Kobe? I am. Yeah, y'all think he's the goat. That is one of the things that I will admit that I am beyond jealous about. Getting to go from Kobe to Shaq and or Shaq to Kobe. Like, y'all got to watch some fun players. Yeah. And you know what, Gerald, trying to throw this thing, we said Harden was a better offensive player, but Kobe was a better all-around player. And I will stick with, I will stand by my boy Cody's side. I agree with him. Harden's a better offensive, but Kobe's just a better all-around player. Kobe's a better offensive player than James you Harden. Give, you give Kobe spread pick and roll five out, he's going to put up hard numbers. Like... Kobe had to play in the awful spacing. You know what? It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. We're, it's we're fine. getting we're getting people up. Like all right. We're gonna lose all, all right. Let's get to the let's get to yeah, the let's, let's get, get to the Q and A. Let's get to the Q and A. So Jordan, want you want you go through and 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 tell us what our questions are, and we'll go through. We'll so first one me and you, and then you go to John, and blah blah blah. Sure. All right. Let me find the tweet here. Um, okay. First one comes from. Kobe is a virus. Uh, he asks, who would you rather start in the middle? At nose tackle, Blackson, so Angelo Blackson or Brandon Dunn? Um, let's hear from you first. Uh, Brandon Dunn, hands down. He's uh, developed uh, for the last three years. Was a guy that uh, we invested a lot of time in. Anthony Weaver has invested a lot of time in. Really kind of unsung hero on the defense. Uh, he's going to fill that um, that reader role as far as from a, a run-stuffing side. Hopefully he'll he'll develop some as a pass rusher. Maybe maybe he gives us a little bit more now that there's a chance that he's playing more downs. Um, but I, I would take Brandon Dunn. I haven't seen enough from Blackson to really un- honestly care enough about Blackson. I, I know he's had moments and things like that, but I just haven't seen enough development from Blackson, uh, especially given the contract. Not that it's massive, but I expected to see a little bit more. Yeah, I'm with you completely. I think we've just... Dunn has a better resume. I think Blackson, his previous year, not this one, but the one before, um, 
was actually pretty good. But then for whatever the reason, he had a down year this year, and I was watching some of his tape just briefly, but he's just it's just not as consistent as Dunn is. And Dunn is actually pretty unheralded, I think, underrated. Um, he's actually a pretty decent starting nose tackle. He does his job well, so I'd definitely start him. Uh, moving on, this dude had like 17 questions. Okay, let me see what else he got. He says, Lonnie, does Lonnie have a better chance at corner or at safety? Um, and do you think him or Vernon Hargaves is the better for cornerback three? Okay, so Lonnie, corner or safety, what do you think, John? Well, we drafted him in the second round, so he better turn it into a corner. Um, I think that that was the safety that was the safety net behind the pick. That if he's a bust, he busts into safety. Um, like he, yeah, he played safety against the Chiefs. That's because we just needed guys out there that could cover. You look at the effort that he's put into getting better. He's going to be a corner. He's going to be fine. Yeah, I think people. People have a big problem of wanting to rush a cornerback into safety just because their very first year wasn't good. And I think we've talked about it a lot on the pod, but corner is the hardest defensive position to translate to from college to the NFL. It's the hardest by far. And you're throwing him into the fire. He started, I think it was week two, then he started already. And that's just really hard for a corner to do. And yeah, it looked ugly, but you got to be patient with these guys. Lonnie Johnson, yeah, he was the second pick and you'd hope, okay, yeah, maybe he can start for us soon. But he was based, he was drafted basically off potential. It was all potential for him. He was very raw coming out of Kentucky. And he's got that super high ceiling, but we just gotta be patient. We can't expect him to, like, if he can't do well at corner, why would you teach him an entirely different position? Just putting more on his plate that he's never learned before. So I just, I've never really got that, um, notion, especially in, in, in someone's early career. Sure, five, ten, eight years down the line, like Kajax, yeah, sure. Then you can move him well, once you've seen that he hasn't played. Really- what their strengths are sooner than we did with KJX because we've been talking about years for years that KJX should have moved um, just because of his ability to track the ball. He was always so much better with the play in front of him, um, which, I mean, as a corner that, that played predominantly zone, like that wasn't a bad habit to have. But when you put him at safety and you could really focus on that, like he just took a level up. And I feel personally robbed because, it, again, we've said it since day one of the podcast, like KJX would have been an amazing safety. Granted, and he was a fine corner. But the way the NFL values positions, they would rather have a fine corner than an amazing safety. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with the Jamal Adams trade, or potential for trade, is the NFL undervalues safety play, in my opinion. I think safeties are way more valuable than they are treated by NFL front offices because of things like what Ignacio just said. It's very, very common to take a safety that can't or take a corner that can't learn all the little intricacies and all the all the techniques of being a corner and move them to safety because they don't need to know it. Like we've talked about with Connolly, he has almost a sixth sense to know when the receiver's about to go for the ball. He can be in the receiver's blind spot and he can still recover. That is a you can't teach that. And it's a it's a skill and it's a very highly valuable skill. And lots of times I think coaches with corners sit there and they hope that it develops because they can't teach it. that They've just got to kind of develop it and they give them longer time um, to figure it out. Whereas with safety, safety, you're playing the ball in front of you and you can rely more on your athleticism. And with Lonnie Johnson and his athleticism, the ball's in front of him. Like he does look like he'd be a really good safety, but he has the potential to be a really good corner, which is valued more in the NFL. Yeah, and I think people get that from like his size. Maybe he can't cover well. Okay, I'll move him to strong safety. But the thing about strong safety and the thing about KJAX is that you have to be able to tackle. 
that was always KJAX's big thing. Lonnie Johnson, I'm sorry, but he he's probably worse at tackling than he is at covering. Going back over the film this past year, it was not great. So I would just I would not move him to safety, at least not yet. I think he's still really young and still has time to show that he's going to get better. And he's been putting in the work. That's all you can ask of him. He's putting in the work. Um, down the road, five six years if he's still with us, and then we need to see that. And then we still see these recurring problems. Then sure, then we'll think about safety. But it's just too early to tell. And um, I guess the second question that went with that is, do you think him, Solani Johnson, or Vernon Hargraves the third is better for cornerback three? Um, I guess we'll stick with you, John, and then we'll go back to James on the next one. It depends on the situation. Um, it just depends on the situation. I think that John Reed may end up being the better of the three for for pure coverage situations. Um, I think that currently um, Hargreaves probably has the edge. Um, he's It's kind of tough because I think Lonnie Johnson's already caught Vernon in a lot of regards. However, <laughs> if, these are the greatest things ever, by the way. It's the only reason I even follow Barstool, <laughs> just to be honest with you. Uh, if he was a one bite, it's it's one bite. Everybody knows the rule, but uh, I would have to say a nine. Dang, just a nine. Come on, boy, ten. Of but course, see, that's what's gonna happen. When like in, this place just opened up, you know, they're figuring out the dough and the recipe of the sauce. I'm going to come back in two years, one bite, everybody knows the rule, and it's going to be a 10. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I thought it was mm. a great question. <laughs> yeah, so I guess with Lonnie and Vernon Hargraves, I get that Bill O'Brien, he's going to want to trust the vet. He's going to want to trust Vernon Hargraves over, over Lonnie, over John Reed, and that could be the only way I see it happening. But off a of pure talent standpoint, I think you're right. I think Lonnie's got him. He's already caught up. And it, um, JW Football Talk, he said it perfectly. It all depends on if Roby's playing in the slot. And I, I believe Aaron Wilson, when he did, when Roby signed his contract, I believe they said they're planning on having Roby in the slot, planning on having Lonnie starting the outside. And if that's the case, that's perfect. I'm making a Roby video right now, and he's elite in the slot. It's crazy. It was the, from the Jaguars to the Chiefs game is when they played him in the slot. They had Lonnie outside. He was locked down, locked down, like top three, top five slot corner. He's amazing there. Yes, he can play on the outside, but I'd rather take like a 10 out of 10 slot corner than like an 8 on the outside. And especially how we use our slot. We use our slot corner, um, what they've called the star, is almost like a hybrid between a safety and a and a corner. So I think that John Reed has a lot of potential, but I'm worried about him being the tackler there. And I think that it makes the most sense if Lonnie's able to cover the outside, move Roby inside, and then Conley... Conley and Johnson on the outside, Roby in the uh, on the slot. That's our strongest. Yeah. Can I chime in on that real quick? I know I'm not asked, but yep. uh, I, I actually think in a perfect world, Vernon Hargraves gets a chance to earn that slot position, and Roby plays outside, and we have Roby Conley and then uh, Vernon Hargraves. Um, but I will say that the contract that Roby signed makes me think that he is going to be a slot corner, based on the value. Uh, so I, yeah. I would agree. Roby's solid in, in the slot. I just uh, I, I would love to see if a VH3 can actually get an opportunity with an off season, learning the terminology and understanding the different responsibilities that come with slot. I'd like to see that because I think our corner positions are, is in a better position if if we have those three on the field and VH3 is playing at a high level or at least above average level. Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. I guess I just yeah. believe more in in Lonnie's ability. 
to get better than I do in Vern Hargrave's ability to figure it out. Um, I just feel like apart from his very first year in, in Tampa Bay, he's just never really been a good corner. And I guess yeah, that there's a lot that's... His thing is if you could build a corner in the lab, you would build BH3. He just has to, you know, <clears throat> actually produce like that. Yeah. Um, but also I want to touch on the fact I think people need to start valuing the slot cornerback position more. I don't know if people like here, oh, let's move Roby to the slot and think, no, I want him on the outside because that's where your most important corner goes. Defenses nowadays, every team does it. They're a nickel 75, 80% of the time. So your nickel corner is like a starting corner. And a lot of the time, even we see like the star wide receivers, offenses will move their star wide receivers inside because typically your worst corners on the inside. That's like the thought or whatever. So that's like with us, we moved Hop to the inside, make it easier for him, make it easier for Watson. And so if you've already got Roby in the slot there, it's perfect. And I was watching the film of the Jag of the which one was it? Chargers game. Keenan Allen went in the slot, lockdown. Lockdown. Julio Jones, when he was in the slot, lockdown. Tyreek Hill in the slot. He's Bradley Roby might just be the best Tyreek Hill quote-unquote stopper it's very hard to do but when he was in the slot it was it was clamps um all right i guess moving on to the next question from seth he asks who do you think will lead the team in receiving cooks or fuller um so james you're going to you i think will fuller i i really believe this is finally it this is the year we've all been waiting for. This is the year where we see Will Fuller's true potential as a number one wide receiver. Um, maybe it's hope more than anything. I, I think he's a better wide receiver than Brandon Cooks. Um, they're both solid. They're both really good route runners. Um, I just I think that Will Fuller has the upper hand um, being in the offense, the chemistry with Deshaun Watson, and uh, I would say Will Fuller. Yeah, I think if you get 16 games out of both of them, I would agree with you. I think he's always had that wide receiver one potential. There's really nothing that he can't do in terms of his game. Um, I think people, a lot of people might think that he's just a speed guy. Um, and while he certainly has that, he's also a very underrated route runner. His separation, whatever route, he can run a full route tree. And that's something that Bill O'Brien loved when he was coming out of Notre Dame. He said he praised him for being a smart player and he praised him for his route running. And that's definitely evident on film. So I'm with you. If if he does play a full 16 games, I got Fuller. I As much as I want that to happen, being realistic, and if we don't get that, then I'll go with Cooks because Cooks is a damn good wide receiver. And it's kind of like picking between two like really good options. You know, it's hard to go wrong, but Cooks is nasty. Cooks is really, really good. And with the upgrade that he gets going from Goff to Watson, oof, he's going to put up numbers, numbers. Um, so I think that's the last question I got. John, do you want to chime in on that one? or Actually, John, I got a question for you. I'm gonna give a, I got a question for you. What's up? Where does the pass rush come from? Hopefully. You want to ask me that one. Because we have the same answer. That's <laughs> why I asked John. <laughs> Hopefully Weaver is able to manufacture something. Um, with a healthy Watt, Merciless and Martin can, can generate enough with a healthy Watt. Except we all we touch on it every single week. We don't know if we're gonna have a healthy watt. At that point, that's where it becomes more manufactured. Um, I expect big things from Charles Minihue this year. Um, just I was watching his workout with uh, with Ware. Um, why am I forgetting his Marcus. first name? Uh, Marcus. Marcus Ware. Um, and Minihue at times he's he's flashed already. Um, 
So the pieces are there. They've got in-house pieces that they've built. And <laughs> JJ apparently is competing for an edge spot, not a, a defensive end spot. So we'll see. But I think that we're actually going to be able to generate enough. Um, even if if Watt is playing outside linebacker, then we have more outside linebackers than I think we'll know what to do with. So jackrabbit formation all the time on defense. Fair. All right. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, all right. That'll be the end of the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys go and follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. Uh, follow me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. Don't forget to follow Jordan at Texans underscore thoughts and Patrick at uh, the Patrick Storm um, on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys go to our website, www.texansunfiltered.com, to get the best and most up-to-date Texans coverage that you will find and the more most detailed Texans coverage that you will find, whether it's film reviews or hypothetical pieces, no, nah, that's not really our thing. No, we don't do that. We just give you guys the facts. Um, so, And then make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Uh, we appreciate all the new listeners. Uh, make sure you guys hit the click, like, and, subs- or click, like, and subscribe button. Uh, still learning how to say that multiple times. I don't get to record it like Jordan does, so I have to do it live. Uh, but uh, you guys have yourselves a wonderful night. And with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>